This episode of Straight Shooter Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Betwhackers. If you're looking to make some serious money during this year's college football and NFL season, then listen up. Betwhackers is for the betting public who are looking to get an edge on their weekly wagers on college and NFL football. The Betwhackers team will provide you with six weekly picks that their experts have identified to give you a winning edge across both college and NFL football, along with giving you one power slam parlay. With their countless hours of research, the Betwhackers experts have delivered their clients a 56% average win rate in the NFL season and a 63% average win rate in the college football season across the past five years. And if you know anything about gambling, you know that those numbers are absolutely crazy. Just in 2020, the Betwhackers experts delivered a 69% win rate to their clients in the college football season. At that point, that's pretty much a license to print money. And for those really wanting to go above and beyond, their power slam parlays have won at least three times every football season in the last five years, and that's going to give you three to six times return on your weekly wager. Of course, you can always verify this because all of their win percentages are authenticated by Bet365. As an avid sports better myself, I can tell you that I personally use the Bet Whackers picks for the most recent week of college football, and they went four for four. That's a 100% win rate in a week where there were upsets left right and center so it was a minefield and a bloodbath for betters around the world but i managed to make some money no thanks to myself all thanks to the bet whackers team who are by the way on a roll this year with a 75 percent win rate already and of course the bet whackers team is providing straight shoot listeners with a fantastic promo here to end the month of september so long as you sign up before september 22nd you can get your bet whackers membership for as low as 99 dollars All you have to do is go to betwhackers.com and use promo code SLAM at checkout. Again, that's your access to your membership for $99 so long as you sign up before September 22nd when you use promo code SLAM on betwhackers.com. Head on over there, print some money with their picks, and let me know next week in the comments section how your picks did. But now, on to the episode. Welcome everybody to Straight Shoot a Wrestling Podcast. I'm one half of your host, Santi here with, uh, I mean, at this point, it's kind of weird to call him guest host because it seems like he's taken over his Steve's job because he Steve apparently got lost in the land of Cardiff. Kevin, welcome back for the third week in a row. How you doing? You know, third week in a row, man. I can't, I can't make the five-time joke anymore, but I'm glad to be back here for a sixth time. Um, unfortunately, this will be my last week as of right now. Um, not my last week forever, but Steve will be back next week. I've had a lot of fun. Looking forward to knocking another one out of the park with you. And uh, hey, if it's the last one, we're going to go out with some really good talking topics. Yeah, I think you guys that are either <laughs> listening uh, on podcast services or watching here on YouTube are in for a wonderful treat uh, of an episode because I think we have a fantastic topic. Funny enough, a topic that Steve and I already did at the beginning of the year that has now completely changed in context. So the topic of the show for when we get there is going to be the 10 most likely to beat Roman Reigns. But yes, again, we've done this and there might be some repetition in the people that Steve and I had already talked about at the beginning of the year, but the world has changed. We are in a landscape where Vince McMahon is no longer running the WWE. We have new players in town that weren't in town a few months ago. So um, as much as there is going to be a little bit of repetition the list is actually quite significantly different so i'm super pumped to get into that part of the show um but before we jump into things um let's talk 
you know, the happenings now of the world of professional wrestling here for the first couple minutes. It seems like NXT is back, my friend. Uh, not necessarily black and gold. We seem to be in the in the era of rose gold and white, according to the new logo, which I can mm-hmm. get behind. But Kevin, before I hand it over to you, I was getting behind NXT 2.0 there for a bit. And then, you know, they finally decided to pull the rug from under us. But Hey, you know what? I think this is going to be for for the best right at the one year anniversary mark, too. Mm-hmm. I think what we were getting behind was the wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think the wrestling was getting better. Um, I hate to be a horse. I, I hate to be a dead horse. But as Vince and Bruce Pritchard kind of let their fingers off of it and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and everybody started getting back into the driver's seat. We started to see these storylines start to make sense again. The show was structured differently. The wrestling got better and the storytelling got better. And I think that's kind of what hooked us because we all say that, you know, we we just started getting back into it. We started really getting invested in it, and I'm the same way. Um, so I think I, I think everything that rehooked us is gonna stay the same, but it's gonna be presented in in a new like in a new um visual setting. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I'm excited to see if they're going to change the titles again. Mm-hmm. Um, I called it when they did it the first time. Um, as you guys know, who are watching on YouTube. If you're watching on, you know, just the listening platforms, there's a lot of belts behind me. For anybody on YouTube, you see them. I'm a avid belt collector, and one thing that us belt collectors look for are the sales on WWE Shop. And whenever they do these fire sales, it means the belts are being discontinued. They did a fire sale to where the NXT championship uh, normally goes for like 350 and it dropped all the way down to like 175 at one point. The NXT trophy boxes that normally go for $200 were marked down to 30 bucks. Anything with that NXT logo on it was on a fire sale. So I'm definitely going to be looking to see if these ones go on sale because that'll kind of hint if they're going to be doing away with them or unveiling a new design, which right. I, I'm not against and I'm not for it. They're still brand new. I was never a big fan of the color splash, but hey, the talent made it work. Absolutely. No, and and like I said, I was getting behind it, but um, I'm more behind this change. What I'm hoping for, I guess my wish list here, is that NXT once again becomes not just a haven for new, young, and -and up-and-coming talent, um, because we had that in black and gold. A lot of people think that it was just all indie wrestlers, but like, remember, like we had some stellar young talent in there. Obviously, Mm -hmm. maybe not the greatest talking point, but maybe like one of those jewels and highlights were the likes of um, um, uh, the Velveteen Dream, right? A 20 one-year-old kid who was just having stellar bomb-ass matches right and and what i'm interested in my 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 wish list here is that we can bring up these young guys that are you know have seemed to have honed their their craft over the last year of being part of 2.0 but now also bringing in that indie talent and making it welcoming both uh both Mm. in terms of um booking potential and financial potential for for these indie superstars that are crushing it all over the world i wanted to be welcoming again to those types of wrestlers so that we can have a nice mishmash uh of maybe a combination of 2.0 and black and gold that's kind of what i i would be that's that's at the top of my wish list kevin what about you you know i think we're gonna get that and and you 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 bring up you know like homegrown talent and maybe not necessarily indie guys one thing we've seen a lot of lately is the the um the investment into college athletes Mm -hmm. um ones who want to you know uh, another one alexa bliss uh never was never a wrestler and came in and 
she's now what a five-time uh women's champion um so when 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 they made the announcement that they were going to stop looking at indie wrestlers i was a little upset with that as well but it didn't necessarily mean the end of the world because you have people who were never in wrestling braun Strowman came from the world's strongest man competition um you have these people who were never involved in wrestling getting involved and they've shown that they can thrive under the right tutelage and learning trees you add that with the amazing independent talent because i think we both can agree there are amazing talent out there that people just don't know about and when you mix those amazing talent and you mix the people who really want to learn the business and make it a run and try their hand in it i think it's going to make for some great athletes i think it's going to make for some great wrestling and uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, granted, this could go down one of many, many, many avenues. Until they give me a reason not to drive down that road, I'm going to keep driving forward, man. I'm, I'm into it. I like it. So, uh, I mean, that was one of the main talking points over the last couple of days here in the world of internet wrestling. The second biggest one seems to be the the report that there is no plans for Roman Reigns to lose the Universal title anytime in the near future. Um, that, again, those are all the dirt sheets, the conversations that are happening. Anything can happen in the world of professional wrestling. Roman Reigns could decide to quit and leave the, the, the Undisputed Universal Championship uh, completely vacant. Um, so, again, anything is possible. But... Again, with those rumblings that, you know, could maybe it might be another year of Roman Reigns as world champion. I wanted to bring on Kevin and have the conversation of who are the 10 more most likely individuals to dethrone Roman Reigns, whether it's tomorrow or two years from now, who the hell knows? And I think we've got ourselves a fairly unique uh, list to what maybe other uh, YouTubers and other list channels are doing. I think we've got some pretty unique stuff that I think is going uh, to 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 quote um the famous uh the famous vince we're here to swerve you can i just say before we get into this list santi and i this is our third episode together we've never never done like a pre-show okay let's get on the same page here let's talk about some stuff we just turn the camera on and go we did that this time and our minds just went to the deepest corners of wrestling um i'm not going to show the names but I have three index cards of notes. Everything's on the back of them of just the, the most outlandish, but yet still realistic in our opinion, ideas of what could happen. And I'm really excited to have some of these conversations. All right. So before we jump into the top 10 list, we have um, because we made a list of around 25 people, guys, like we made a long list um, and some of the people that didn't make the top 10, we still felt we needed to talk about either because they have a potential realistic shot um, mm-hmm. or it, at the very least is worth uh, having a further discussion about. And even these honorable mentionees, I broke down into different categories. So one of those categories being People that have already had a crack at Roman Reigns. And we have three names on here. We have Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, and Kevin Owens. So we have, of course, the two most recent uh, victims of the Roman Reigns run uh, in Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. um, Excuse me, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. And one individual who lost what seems to be at this point like a year and a half ago that is on on the run of his life in Kevin Owens. Um, 
I would say, Kevin, out of these three, I find Kevin Owens to be the most realistic out of the ones that have already had their crack just because he is so hot right now and he keeps taking those slight shots at the bloodline and remember, you know, mentioning to them that, you know, you owe me. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've had that little back and forth, even though it's so tiny, it's not even like really big parts of the show, but enough to maybe have a spark there that could could planting the seed. Yeah, it's like they're planting the seed with Kevin Owens. And I, I, I'm in 100% agreement with you. Out of the ones on this list, the hardest one for us to cut from the top 10, and it's not even because we wanted to, it's just because we had to stick to that 10. Kevin Owens, we did not want to take him out of the top 10 because they have laid these underlying Easter eggs. They have planted the seed. You know, you owe me one. I don't know anybody anything. Constantly going back and forth with the Usos, going back and forth with Mr. Money in the Bank. And by the way, I would be very remiss if I didn't say my fa- my favorite part of wrestling this week. My favorite part of wrestling since the last time you and I were on screen together. Kevin Owens' promo on Monday, just filled with passion. Just real. Just, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, and as you said before we went live, Theory played it off the best possible way. Um, but I feel like they've really laid these underlying kind of the foundation for if they want to move forward uh, with this storyline or with this match or whatever the case may be. Um, I definitely think there's a foundation there. I think it'd be extremely entertaining. I thought their last one was entertaining and I would be down to see it again. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, You know, I, I, I'm remiss. I, 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 it saddens me to say, but I think Drew McIntyre, that was his shot, right? If you don't win in, that scenario right the the context that was around you i don't think it's happening and and i really think that he should have won something maybe if, mm-hmm. if it was for one of the titles they would have pulled the trigger and put one of the titles on drew mcintyre i would have loved that but if it didn't happen in cardiff in front of sixty thousand people that were raving for drew mcintyre to win this and everyone around the world wanting it to happen and you don't pull the trigger on it because they don't want to pull the trigger on it and i don't think we can put you in the top 10 when you've already had such a good shot at your not even such a good shot your best shot at winning against roman reigns and it happening you know so recently at clash of the castle yeah and i put i put i the exact same thing could be said about brock absolutely it, it's the, it's the mindset of if it if it hasn't happened yet it's not going to the perfect opportunity for Drew was Cardiff. That was that was all the planets were lined up. It, it was one of those rare moments in time where it's like we have this here, and they didn't pull the trigger on it for whatever reason. And then the only thing I would say differently about Brock is where we were in the perfect place for Drew. We had the perfect storyline with Brock. The changing of the uh, the the Paul Heyman playing both sides. Going back and forth just to turn on, um, just to turn on Brock, and then Brock come back and get one more match after the turn, and I, you know, it just goes to like we said, if it hasn't happened by now, it's either not going to happen or it's not going to happen for a while, which is why these two, these three, uh, KO for his own reason, these two, it's why they they barely missed the top ten. That's right. Now let's move on to the next category of um, of honorable mentionees, and we called this category Saudi money. Did we not? 
<laughs> we got to talk about it. We have the, the world of Saudi events. It, I said this before we went live. It's like a multiverse, right? If weird shit is going to happen in the WWE that makes no sense, but somehow makes sense in an alternate reality, it's going to happen at Saudi events. And the one yeah. we have to talk about because there is precedent for him winning the Universal Championship in a scenario that he shouldn't have won against the Fiend at a Saudi event is Goldberg. Not to mention, these two still haven't been able to have their match that was scheduled for WrestleMania. As much as I hate for I'm this to be a, for this. as much as I hate this for be a, to be a possibility, it's 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 not zero percent. It's no, not zero percent. Right. So we have Goldberg there, and then the other one that we put in under the Saudi money was Tyson Fury. Yes, he seems to be back in the WWE fold. But out of mm -hmm. those two, the one I'm smart, the most scared of is is Goldberg. Yeah, um, you know it's 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 crazy that we're having this conversation. It's even crazier that there is, like you said, there is precedent for this conversation. We've seen it with the Fiend. The Fiend was, you know, at his peak. He was red hot. He was champion. We were all crazy for it. And we're like, there's no way that uh, that Goldberg's going to take it. And with the laziest, most lackadaisical, most unintimidating jackhammer I've seen in all of Goldberg's career, it put the Fiend down. Um, so, unfortunately, it's a conversation that there is merit to the conversation. When we talk about Tyson Fury... We look at, you know, he announced his full-time retirement from boxing. So now he's got that open avenue. He's got that open schedule uh, for as far as we know. Maybe he's doing movies. Maybe he's doing opera. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but the, the main thing, the boxing is not there anymore. He can get in the ring now. He can, he's not worried about getting injured in the ring because he's got a big fight coming up. Um, so when you throw all that stuff in there and his eligibility and the way they can call on him, and like we always say, Saudi money talks. Saudi loves these big-name celebrities. They love the crossovers between different sports. We've seen it time and time and time again. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in Saudi. Um, so it's not that we want this to happen. It's the fact that throughout the history of the Saudi events, this is very believable to happen. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it would be irresponsible of us to not acknowledge the possibility that this could happen there's precedent for it it's happened before like you said money talks i'm hoping that because we're in the era of triple h that logic and sensible booking will overcome money but i mean if 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 they're gonna put a bucket of money in front of the wwe a cool bill i think they're just gonna do whatever that what whatever they want so i, I wouldn't blame all of our, you're gonna pay all of our expenses for the next five years if we do this Sure. There you go. Here, have Goldberg as champion. <laughs> um, anyways, our next category, um, you know what? Uh, our next category, I would say, I would qualify this as believable people that could win the, that, that could be in line to win, um, but either are not in a current booking position to be there, are either injured, are not in WWE, or are not on the main roster. So I'll list these four. So we have Braun Strowman. In terms of booking-wise, he's not there yet. I don't think we can have that conversation in terms of him being a top 10. Braun Breaker, not even in the main roster. Tough to be able to fantasy book that when, who knows, maybe he's going to be the guy that carries NXT white and gold. So 
you know, it wouldn't be crazy to think that he stays down there for another year or two. We have Alistair Black, an individual who is upset with his booking in AEW that allegedly has asked for his release that I guarantee you Papa Triple H is going to accept with open arms. And then mm-hmm. an individual that's currently off in injury that we can never count out is Randy Orton, uh, who, by the way, out of some of these lit people that we have listed, is one of those few individuals that hasn't had a crack at Roman Reigns yet. So, um, yeah, let's let's go through these. You know, the, the, the guy who's not there booking wise, the guy who's not there physically, the guy who's not in the right brand and the guy who is injured. What do you think? So when we look at Braun Strowman, um, <clears throat> I maybe I'm looking too far into this. Maybe I am overanalyzing it. I just see him debuting in a match full of tag team competitors. I see the fact that they chose to put him out in front of a lot of tag teams. Um, so that kind of weighs on my mind. The fact that I don't really like his promo, his mic work. Um, and he's just very cookie cutter big guy. Um, so I'm I'm that's my long-handed way of saying what you said. I don't think he's there yet. As far as Randy Orton goes, that is somebody that I believe you could never count out of any situation at all. If you are in a bind, if the company is in a bind, Roman needs to leave, Roman needs time off. We need these titles off of him. We gotta pick somebody. Randy Orton is always going to be one of those guys that you can put into any position, whether he be a long-term champion or a transitional champion, and he's going to make it work. He's going to do it. He's going to do it for you like he did with Drew McIntyre when Drew was champion, lost it to Randy, and then gave it right back to Drew. He kind of held that place. Um, I think Randy is always a good choice, and he's always going to he's always going to perform for you. He's always going to he's always going to do the job you need him to do. Um, when we talk about Braun, I. I brought up Braun's name on this list, and I know a lot of some of you might might think, you know, why would you even talk about that? We've seen people get called up and get put in high stake situations. I think the WWE, uh, NXT more specifically, but WWE in general, I think they are firmly behind Braun Breaker. I think they have given Braun Breaker a lot of rope, and Braun Breaker has. And granted, I wasn't big on him. I wasn't. I, I'm a fan now. Um, putting him in a position where where he was able to induct the Steiners into the Hall of Fame. Kevin, what does that have to do with wrestling? That is putting somebody in a very big position where a lot of things can go wrong and you're banking on it to go right. Um, so I look at that. I look at the matches he's had. I look at the body of work he's had. I look at the growth he's had. If he makes it up to the main roster, I think it is very believable that he could find himself in a match uh, with Roman Reigns, and as much as they're behind him, I'm not counting it out. I'm not saying it's a big chance, but I'm not counting it out either. Hey, look, I know we 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 don't have the precedent of the guy winning the big one on his debut night, but there's the precedent on the women's side with Paige winning just- the, the, the women's championship off of her call-up debut on their first night. So there is the precedent of somebody I mean, from NXT being put in that high-stakes situation, like you said. It wasn't for- it wasn't for a title, but we had KO and Cena. Bingo. Yeah. 
I, well, Cena is a title in, in his own right. Like be, being in the ring with Cena, it's like it's like when you know when you when you went in the ring with the Undertaker, it didn't matter that there was it, beating the Undertaker was the title. So mm-hmm. I, I would say that that is being put in like a world title quality segment when you get put with Cena. But I want to talk about Orton real quick, and I want to talk okay. about Orton because he is one of the people in this situation. You know, like we said, is believable is in the main roster. He's just injured. But the reason I want to talk about Randy Orton is because he's one of those guys that hasn't had a crack at Roman Reigns yet. He's been spending all this time with Riddle, um, becoming one of the most likable um, heel heel faceish people that you know mm-hmm. you, you just want to love, right? Um, so he's gotten massively over with with the fans over the last couple couple of years. He has a lot of good grace behind him. People want to see him succeed, and he hasn't had a crack at Roman Reigns. What if we get to the point where Roman Reigns is running through everyone in the roster, he is inevitably going to run into Randy Orton. And we talked mm-hmm. about this. Anything can happen when you're in the ring. You gave the example off the podcast of the situation of Neville versus uh, versus Chris Jericho, where Neville broke his ankle and the match had to be called on the fly and ended immediately. It is not crazy to think that an injury might happen in a match with Randy Orton and the and you have to make the decision at that moment to take the titles off of Roman Reigns. Obviously, this is major speculation. I wouldn't put any ounce of money on it. But again, the odds aren't 0% for something like that to happen. And even going back a little further, we had DX at New Year's Resolution. I believe they were facing the Spirit Squad or somebody, someone. It was in that time frame where Triple H blew out his quad and they had to call it audible right then and there. Um, and, and that's the thing about pro wrestling, right? That's the thing about any, any sport. It doesn't have to be a contact sport. It could be freaking NASCAR and you blow out your Achilles tendon. Who knows? Injuries are always going to be there. They're always going to be in the back of your mind and, and they can happen at any time. We've seen very, very unfortunate injuries or not, maybe not necessarily an injury, but a health issue that has popped up and caused them to make, um, uh, audible decisions. Um, one other thing is this the final subcategory? Yes, we're jumping we into the, the top ten right after this. Okay, before we get into that, the one name that I floated, and the only reason I did this because I thought it'd be an excellent storytelling and mind games. I would love to see Dexter Loomis just to see the vignettes between Loomis and Heyman. Not necessarily against Roman. I do think they'd have a have a decent match, but I think you put two minds like Loomis and Heyman, you got license to print money right there. Hey, they on, honestly, some of my favorite segments of all time is when the comedy character gets a crack at the championship. Um, I can immediately like the one that always comes to mind is those vignettes of Santino Morella, you know, doing the Rocky training, getting ready for for money, uh, not money in the bank uh, for elimination chamber. And you think oh, that is a joke oh, is a joke. And then it, it keeps building. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. There's a. Ch- OK. All right. Back down to reality. Yeah. I. I, I love those types of segments. I'm not saying Dexter Loomis is a comedy character because we kind of don't really know, but there is some good shit that can, like you said, in terms of booking, that can be super entertaining. Um, I want to see the vignettes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. I would love to see that feud. Why not? But I just don't see it leading to, to a championship no, change. But here are the 10 that we could legitimately see 
Lee, um, the top 10 that we could legitimately see um, defeating Roman Reigns. And number 10 is a super fascinating one. One that I'm not seeing people talk about. One that didn't even cross my mind until you brought it up. And number 10, Kevin, we have Sami Zayn, the honorary Uso, the individual mm -hmm. that has been eating shit left, right, and center for both uh, for Jay and Jimmy and for Roman Reigns. And what's he gotten out of it? Nothing. There is a fantastic story to tell here that could lead to one of the most amazing payoffs in WWE history. No, absolutely. And I want to go ahead and throw this out there really quick. I think it is more believable for the reu reuniting of Kevin Owens and Sammy and them taking the title, the tag titles off the Usos. But let's play this out for a second. Like you said, Sami Zayn has just been eating shit left and right, taking Claymores like they're going out of business. And, and the way I look at Sami right now, and I want to break down this analogy. For anybody who has a, has a pet dog, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Sami Zayn is like that dog at the dinner table who's just watching and waiting for you to drop some scraps on the floor. And, and maybe, maybe you drop a piece of, maybe you drop some of your vegetables or you drop a piece of chicken or something and the dog goes over and eats it. And then the second you look away, jumps up, snatches your whole plate and runs out the door. That's how I see Sammy right now. If they told the story or if they built it right, Sammy can be that dog that's just, you know, taking the claymores here, taking these little scraps here, taking these little cheap pop wins here, tagging here, stepping in over here. And then once they're not looking... I wanted Sammy to win money in the bank and I wanted him to hold it until it expired. And on the final day, cash in on Roman and become champion. If he were to sit there and just weasel his way in there, because going all the way back to these conspiracy theories with Logan Paul, that seemed forever ago, just weaseling his way in and out, running from Drew from all those matches so long ago, just being the ultimate snake and then he slithers his way into a title picture. Maybe he, maybe it's, oh, Roman's in a triple threat, and they throw Sammy in there, and Sammy's like, I got your back, don't worry, I got your back, no matter what, I got your back, we're gonna, we're gonna double team, we're gonna handle it. Honorary Oos, we the ones, got you Oos. And then he rolls him up and wins. Dude, what I will say right now is this might, out of the people that, the 10 people that we have on this list, I think, in front of the right crowd, this could be the loudest pop of the 10. I really, this gives me vibes of um, mankind versus, um, you know, winning the championship with the help of Stone Cold. Like just something so crazy yes. that you could never see happening that you can get behind. You know, we have nine more guys uh, on here that are more believable, in my opinion, in terms of, um, you know, genuine badassery and, be and believability in the ring. Um, but in terms of what could get shock the value. shock value and pop, it's Sami Zayn, baby. I, I, you know, I'll tell, I'll say this right now out of the rest of the ones that we have on here, the one I want to see the most is Sami Zayn. Dead serious. Did you think you were going to say that coming into this list? No, no. When you brought it up, I was like, holy shit, this is, you know, I've called you this before. This is brilliant. This is, br I want to see it. <laughs> Take that, Steven. <laughs> um, this is, I want to see this. I want to move on to number nine, unless you have anything else to say here on, on, on Sammy Zane, Kevin. No, nah, just um, Sammy needs a haircut. <laughs> I'm going to die on that sword. Sammy needs a haircut, but I, I, I completely agree with you. Out of everybody on here, 
Everybody on our list is more believable. Everybody on our list is a more valid argument. But this, in terms of shock value and pop, uh, imagine if that happened in Canada where you, where they were just at not too long ago. Just, yeah, I would love it. I would dude. love it. It's I, something we talk about for ages. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Number nine. So this is an interesting one because interestingly enough before we when we were making this list we wanted to stay away from like too much fantasy booking where things because mm -hmm. right now this number nine that we have it's technically a zero percent chance of this happening because he's not even in the wwe um but the the buzz will no pun intended the buzz <laughs> will always be that he's coming to the wwe and if he's coming to the wwe you cannot look past the fiend as a potential uh as a major threat to to roman reigns in terms of having oh dude can you imagine like what a great firefly funhouse segment he could have with somebody like a paul Heyman, right mm -hmm. you're going through paul Heyman's history from the east from the wcw days all the way up until until now i think him having a a firefly funhouse segment with Heyman would actually be fucking gold um and of course then leading to to a major blow off with him and roman reigns i i would i would be we would be remiss to not talk about this even though right now it does fall under the realm of fantasy booking yeah and and one thing i want to bring up that uh that uh hasn't been talked about yet um do you remember the match in which roman became universal champion i do triple threat roman ron fiend yep there is a story there that can be told. And once again, he's not with the company right now. We've heard a lot of fantasy bookings. We've heard a lot of rumors. We've heard a lot of dirt sheets. We all see him. We're all on the Twitter machine. But let's just, for one second, for one second, let's put all of our better, our better judgment aside and say, okay, this is going to happen. Let's just entertain that idea. This story has been pre-laid. Pre thousand days ago and it's funny because what i love about it so much is when roman came back into that match he was returning from some time away now you got bray doing the exact same thing that roman did and i wouldn't want it to be like a surprise entrance i want it i would want it to be booked because I think those those vignettes with, um, with uh, with 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 the fiend and Paul Heyman and, and the mind games, it's everything I love about Dexter Loomis mind games turned up to ten, and now this person actually talks. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's absolutely awesome. I would love it and be one hell of a match. Um, we we had to put it in there. We have to. Yeah, let me let me <clears throat> tell you my fantasy booking of how I'd like this to go. This, like you said, this is booked right this match is happening and in the weeks leading up to the match the fiend eliminates solo sokoa the usos and paul Heyman, all with their own firefly funhouse segment he goes through their history and just 
does something where like their their mind gets broken and they cannot be at the ring to have Roman Reigns' back. And Roman Reigns has to go in and face this demon, this monster by himself without the help of the bloodline, without the wise man. There's something really good there. That being said, my, my devil's advocate here is that the Fiend hasn't worked with the title before. I don't think it's it's... It, I don't think the title has actually served him well. If he, if anything, I think in the past, the title, I would say, has brought him down in terms of what they're able to do with him. I personally believe that The Fiend is one of those characters that works best when he isn't in the title picture. Still, though, still, though, it would be irresponsible of us to not have this conversation and say that he is a genuine threat to the title because when you have bring this big a name back, right? And let's look something as recently as Karrion Cross. Spoiler alert. What did they do the second they brought a name that big title picture? If they bring back The Rock, what are they most likely going to do? Title picture. They're going to bring back The Fiend. Makes sense. Title picture, right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I I just want to say that I completely agree with you that I think the fiend is one of those characters that the title has brought down. It's almost like you handcuffed him. Um uh yeah, it's it's almost like you handcuffed him, put shackles on him. Because without the title, he's able to go anywhere, do anything. He can go mess with somebody in NXT, he can go do a program with somebody like Johnny Gargano, who's not really in the title picture, but would be an awesome match. You know, mess around with all these other avenues. Once you put that title on him, you kind of lock him into the main event, and you limit him to people that you want to be in the main event. It limits those people who aren't really there. Um, and I think the thing about The Fiend that makes him so special is his diversity to work with anybody, yeah. not just who WWE considers to be the main event. Um, but once again, this story has been being told since Roman became champion and we have to at least entertain the idea. Yeah. One more thing that I'll add in terms of like what that title did to the fiend, um, is that it put rules on him, the rules of the title, right? Like now, now you have to be in a match. Like now a pin count matters. Now a submission matters when before like that didn't matter. You know, like if you think back to the Firefly Funhouse match against John Cena, which I could, somebody could make the argument that that was the best match of 2020. Um, it was one of those matches that was completely devoid of logic, completely devoid of rule sets. And that works with The Fiend. When you have a title on him, you have to follow the basic fundamental rules of a champion, right? And that's where those shackles come in. But I love what you're saying, you know, with The Fiend, he can work with every, anybody because you can have you can have a segment with him and Roman Reigns and be fire and entertaining and you can have a creepy freaky segment between him and our truth and i would love it and i think there is gold there to be had right so he can bounce between both extremes of um of the wwe from the from from the lower mid card all the way to the main event and still feel special um so that being said because he can be in the main event we have to add him to this list so let's jump to number eight i think Um, This is one of those where he's on this list for sheer believability. If Mm -hmm. I put you in the ring, if I put Roman in the ring with this guy and there is maybe, you know, the world of booking isn't a thing. I would say this guy beats Roman Reigns in terms Mm -hmm. of an actual wrestling match in a world where wrestling is real and isn't predetermined. 
I think you and I could both agree this guy beats Roman Reigns. The believability is there. The booking isn't there yet because right now he is the king of the mid card. We have Gunther. You know, you hit the nail on the head with believability. And, you know, we talk about the vignettes and we talk about, you know, the mind games. I don't think there would be mind games with this. I think this is just straight up, we're going to fight. I want to see the stare down that happens with this. I want them to go, you know, big fight UFC feel. Have them do a weigh-in. Have them do something like that to add like that, 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 that big fight feel to it. Something as simple as a, as a weigh-in or something like that. But you put these two in there, and I'll go ahead and say this, and I might get heat for it. Anywhere, out any wrestling promotion not named WWE, Gunther gets the win. Anywhere not named WWE or NXT, Gunther gets the win. And this is one of those matches that, you know, this is right up your alley. Two big meat-slapping men. Hell yeah, and my favorite. <laughs> It would be absolutely incredible, and um, I think that this would this match between Roman and Gunther, if it ever happened, I think it would redefine what American strong style would be because these two would go in there and just throw haymakers. Yeah, and, and in terms <clears throat> of um, the numbers game, it's fair game, right? Like it's not just Gunther going in by himself against the Bloodline. This would be Imperium against the bloodline there is there are there tag team not just a tag team that of two guys that and i'm sorry for cutting you off um but not just two guys that are put together and just there for bodies these are this is fabian eichner and marcel bartel i know they have new names but i don't care it's like vicente chiellini and ludwig kaiser but something you have two believable established guys who could believably Hold off the Usos to keep it a one-on-one. It is, I, I, I love it. 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 Yeah, and and like you said, this would be one of those matches that is a that this is a fight. This is a match that could go for thirty plus minutes. This is a match that could have chaos and the outside, um, you know, be, between the the guys from Imperium and uh, and the Bloodline, and. Yeah, like it, it's it's that like this is funny enough, um, um, Kevin. This is a match that I could see being uh, the headline of a Survivor Series because in recent years we have had champion versus champion at at, uh, at Survivor Series. We can't really have that with Roman Reigns because there is no other world champion. Um, no, but you know, I I floated this around to Steve <laughs> and other people in the wrestling community. If we want to have that champion versus champion feel at um at, at survivor series where in theory there are no stakes because those champion versus champion matches are stakeless there is no title on the line so both guys end up walking away still being strong still being champions um that's a great place to have that match um mm-hmm. where you know if if gunther loses gunther is still the guy if roman reigns loses which would most likely be by disqualification let's be honest both of those guys still walk away as champions. I think this could be a, a feud that could headline something like a Survivor Series. And because and I don't want to see this yet because I want to continue to see Roman, uh, excuse me, uh, Gunther 
elevate the shit out of this mid card the way that he's been doing. Sheamus mm-hmm. has never felt so special as he has with Gunther, and it's not even for a world titles. Nakamura haven't hasn't felt this special since NXT. I feel like the Nakamura match that he had was more special than the entire segment that he had with uh, with AJ Styles that had quasi headline a WrestleMania. This is what Gunther is doing. He is elevating guys to a whole nother mm-hmm. level. No, I completely agree and. I'm not even going to try to add anything to that because I think you said it perfect. The only thing that I would say is you mentioned that, you know, the mid, the, the intercontinental title feels special again, the mid card in general across WWE is starting to feel really, really special again. And I love it. It's the only thing I'm going to add to that. Santa, you hit it out of the park. I agree with everything you just said. I want this match. I don't want it right now. I want them to continue to elevate. I want them to continue to grow. And if that were to happen, you know, at, at a Survivor Series, Gunther, Roman, I think we're in the same predicament we were just talking about with Seth versus Riddle at Clash. No matter who wins, they're both going to look strong as hell. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, great transition there. I don't know if you did it on purpose in terms of talking about the mid-card and it being as strong as it's, as it's been in a very, very long time. At number seven, we have basically the other side of um uh, of the mid card uh the the man that's running the mid card right now in on monday night raw and we have bobby lashley we have bobby lashley on this list of course in terms of that believability factor i mean the guy is built like a black greek god right like he has mm-hmm. probably the greatest physique of a wwe superstar ever human being. what are you talking of a human being yeah yeah um Bobby Lashley is an interesting one, right? Because these two were destined to clash with one another at that Survivor Series where it was yes. supposed to be champion versus champion. And we got robbed of it. I can't remember if, if it was the Big E win at that point. where we, it, Was it the Big E win? I, I, I can't. So. I, I, th- I think it was. I felt like they pulled the trigger a little too early on Big E. We should have gotten Roman versus Bobby, the height of the, of the hurt business against the bloodline. We were robbed of it, in my opinion, through bad booking. But Bobby Lashley has built himself up. Bobby Lashley has headlined WrestleManias. Bobby Lashley not just physically is a threat, but in terms of booking believability, where WWE sees him, a hundred percent. We could we need to talk about him. And the other thing that I'll mention is, um, you, you know, in terms of um, WWE's diversity and inclusion. WWE, especially back in the days of Eddie Guerrero, loved to have a Latino in the forefront. Now, you know, like we, we've had those strong, very competent and very believable black champions that we didn't have for a very, very long time when The Rock left. We've had um, Big E, we've had Kofi Kingston, and arguably the most believable of them all, Bobby Lashley. In terms of PR, having another very powerful minority as a champion is something WWE would love to be able to gush about and Bobby Mm -hmm. Lashley has to be front and center in that it's a sensitive topic but it's true right you're 100% right I would even add uh, not world champion but still champion nonetheless Apollo Crews um, another guy who they put in that uh, situation but you know we talk about Bobby and it's it's funny how we just spoke about Gunther and I, I look at you know how you're saying we were robbed of the match I feel the same way about Gunther now as I felt with Bobby then. I wanted it, but I didn't want it there. I did I didn't. 
we were just talking about this. This is a new version of Bobby that we have. This is almost like TNA World Champion Bobby that we're getting, and I love it. We didn't have this Bobby back then. It would have been... I don't think the match would have been as good. I don't think the character development was as good. You take the Bobby we have now who has put on banger after banger after banger with guys of the likes of Champa, Miz. He's facing Seth this Monday for the United States Championship. That's going to be awesome. And and you take this this person that we all knew he could be that he is now. And this Bobby in this day and age right now is who I want to face Roman Reigns because this is the match I want. And like I said, your eyes kind of lit up when I said it. I feel like we have TNA world champion Bobby again, and I absolutely love it. Um, for once, I feel like I feel like he is not just carrying the U.S. title. He is elevating the U.S. title. This is vastly different than his first U.S. title run where it felt like he was just going through the motions. Okay, they want me to go out here. They want me to... Body slam, spear, and go home. Yeah. Now he's like, okay, let me get my mind in here. Let me put my fingerprints on this. Let me put my little flavor on it. And I, I would praising say, I, the flavor of Bobby Lashley right now. <laughs> Fair enough. What I would say is, you know, what you're talking about is before his first U.S. title run, he was holding a prop. Now he's holding the mid card, right? And yeah, the matches are putting him in is indicative of that he's holding the mid card um and, and he is one of those that this and, and and what's funny is that i said this um to steve and other people the, the bobby lashley is the type of guy that the second they take the u.s title off of him it's because they want him in the main event it's not be it, unless it's a punishment something bad that he did that requires him you know we got to put him in his place if they take the U.S. title off of Lashley, it's because they're putting him in the main event. What did they do the last time they took the U.S. title off of Lashley? Main event picture instantly. So he is he is right now holding the keys to the main event, and that is the United States title. So Bobby Lashley makes her list at number seven. Number six, Kevin. This is my favorite pick. I can't. I Stop. I I will live and die and say that if it wasn't for you holding me more accountable and making this list more respectable, this could genuinely be number one. The most likely individual. Before you reveal this, can I just say something? Go ahead. Viewers of the channel, it is so out. It is probably the most outrageous. Yet most realistic pick on this list. A hundred Go ahead. At number six, we have vacant. The 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 injury bug, the drama bug has been plaguing the bug. Yeah, has been plaguing the the wrestling world over the last six months. AEW is getting it the worst. All right. If WWE really has the ambitions to have Roman Reigns hold the title for two, three, three and a half years, do you not think that it's even very likely that there is an injury, that there is um, a family emergency, that there is, you know, knock on wood, for the love of God, I hope this doesn't happen, his cancer returns? Maybe... 
some giant drama a la Velveteen Dream comes out and he gets cancelled. A lot can happen when you want to have the title on a guy for years. And yeah, absolutely. And all of those things can cause the title to be stripped and put on the greatest champion in wrestling history, Mr. Vacant. I mean, last time I checked, Roman's 0-1 against Vacant. Who I, I We mentioned this before we went live. Kevin, who was the last person to defeat Roman Reigns? Well, I don't know if it was the last one, but who was the person that defeated Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship a few years ago? Once again, guys, we are not laughing at the illness. We are just simply stating a fact. It's when his leukemia came back, Vacant walked out the champion, and then Kevin Owens took it from Vacant. Um, and, and when you talk about you know lengthy title runs, let's look at the godfather of lengthy title runs. Talk about Bruno San Martino. How does his come to an end? Stan Hansen broke his neck with a lariat, a basic clothesline, one of the most basic moves you see all the time. The guy who was untouchable, Superman come to life, Bruno San Martino, held the title for, what, seven years, somewhere around there? Broke his neck with a clothesline. Whether it be injury, whether it be illness, whether it be outside drama, whether it be literally anything, anything, vacant seems to be creeping his head around, and he could literally pop up, he or she could be pop up at any any moment in wrestling. You know, we talked about the the Neville and Chris Jericho situation. We talked about the DX situation. Roman Reigns had his own situation. And as somebody who has, and once again, not making fun of the illness, as somebody who has dealt with cancer and leukemia throughout my entire family, not me personally, uh, thank God, but Throughout my family, I've seen the effects of it. It's not something that you ever really have go away completely. There's always that thought, is it going to come back? How many times have you heard, you know, during the Susan G. Coleman uh, partnership with WWE, I'm a three-time survivor, I'm a four-time survivor. That stuff is prone to coming back, and I hope to God it never does. Um, I, I, I would never wish that upon anybody, and I don't wish it upon Roman. But if we're being realistic, it's always a possibility. Hope it never happens, but it's always a possibility. I hope I never get robbed. It's a possibility. Hope my house doesn't burn down. It's a possibility. Leukemia is a possibility. A hundred percent. And the longer that Reigns holds this championship, the more that these wild, crazy things like injury can happen, right? Let me Mm -hmm. recently hear some of the people who Vacant has defeated. Edge after WrestleMania 27. No hurts. Still hurts. Daniel Bryan relinquishing the Intercontinental Championship. Stone Cold having to relinquish the Intercontinental Championship. All of these are injuries, guys. Batista having to relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship. The man who was in line to main event WrestleMania 23. We had Finn Balor. One day. One day into his reign. Losing the title to vacant. We've had the likes of John Cena, Seth Rollins at a house show. Guys, we forget house shows are a thing where they're still wrestling and are still in line to potentially get hurt. Of course, Reigns is really, isn't really doing house shows, but the list goes on and on and on. These Kevin things- Cross's first live appearance after becoming NXT champion. If you flip the other side of the coin and look at AEW right now, both top champions. CM Punk is world champion. Thunder Rosa is women's champion. They're out of yeah. here. 
And that CM Punk one's a great example of it doesn't even have to be injury. It can just be world drama, right? Well, I was referring to his foot injury. Oh, yes. The foot, the yes. Time he had to relinquish. So, yeah, he, Vacant's beaten him twice. Vacant's beaten him twice. In the last, like, two months, Vacant is unstoppable, t- y'all. You are uncomfortably happy right now. <laughs> Vacant is the greatest world champion of all time, and we cannot dismiss the possibility that the next WWE Undisputed Universal Champion is vacant. But let's get back Fancy, to... Sorry, go ahead. Since he gave me credit with the Sami Zayn being my idea, I'll let you guys know right now, vacant was all him. It was all <laughs> his idea. 100%. Oh, man. And I, honestly, I can sit here and tell you, you know, that this... He might be number one. He might even be number one in terms of like what's the most likely thing to happen because of how long this reign is. But if you believe the dirt sheets where they're saying it's agreed not to take it off to him until this point, anything can happen between now and then. Anything can happen, guys. All right. Let's talk about number five. So from here on out, five to number one are, you know, in terms of um, it's either a combination of believable in the ring or believable in terms of booking. Number five is all booking, and it, it needs to be that way. Oh yeah, there we go. For those that are not watching the video version, we have Kevin holding up his minty, beautiful money. Is that the Seth Rollins Money in the Bank briefcase? It is. Ah, nice, very nice. Yeah. Um, Theory, although he is not the threat physically, Booking wise, he has the greatest threat of them all, and it's called the Money in the Bank briefcase. He doesn't even have to have a full match with Roman Reigns, and he could be the one that pins him one, two, three, and walks away with the heist of the century part two. No, absolutely. And, you know, look back at Daniel Bryan when he held it. You had Daniel Bryan, you had the big show, and you had Mark Henry. Where at all is that believable for Daniel Bryan? Right here. The fact of the matter is, love him or hate him, and, and like I said, for, for the fact of the matter is, without trying to overcomplicate it, the fact of the matter is, whether you love him, whether you hate him, whether he's your favorite, whether he's, he's your least favorite or anywhere in between, if you hold this, you are automatically a threat. Point blank, end of story, I don't care who holds it, I don't care how long they hold it, you go back to the first ever Money in the Bank uh, cash-in of all time, with Edge cashing in after uh, uh, Elimination Chamber, it, it spawned champions that we never thought were going to be champions. Dolph Ziggler became champion off of it. Um, it it's, you can never, as long as the money, in the, uh, until the money in the bank is no longer in play, until it is cashed in, as long as somebody is walking around with that briefcase, they have to be on the top of any list, regardless of who's champion or who's in the WWE, because it, it's that powerful. Uh, agreed. And, you know, uh, if we want to look at a, at, at a champion, uh, somebody who wasn't believable in the ring that took that money in the bank briefcase and beat the Roman Reigns of the women's division, Nikki A.S.H. taking the title off of Charlotte Flair. Um, it doesn't. That's the beauty of the money in the bank briefcase. You don't need to be the biggest guy. You don't need to be the strongest. You just need to be the smartest. Liv and Bliss took it from Ronda. Yeah. Big, big, these are such great examples that, you know, a, a theory has to be in this top five. You can make an argument that he could be number four, number three, because the money in the bank briefcase is just that powerful. Um, and he is... Th- 
you know, in, in terms of money in the ba- uh, briefcase, uh, money in the bank briefcase holders, uh, he gives me vibes of the Miz, right? The Miz, right? He that he is the Miz reincarnated as the money in the bank, uh, as the money in the bank holder in terms of his in-ring believability versus the booking that he has because of the money in the bank briefcase. The Miz beat Rand- was it Randy Orton for the title? Yes. Yeah. Angry Miz girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Angry Miz girl, of course. That's uh, with Randy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who else was did he beat that was super unbelievable? Drew McIntyre, right? So we have the. There is no better precedent set than the Money in the Bank briefcase here, folks. Theory could very well walk out if if maybe they end up doing some um some technicality rules. Maybe he ends up just walking away with one of the titles because. It allows you to cash in on any one title of championship of your choosing. So maybe, you know, it ends up being the way that they take off one of the titles off of Roman, but it still counts in my eyes. 100%. 100%. And like I said, it doesn't matter if it's if it's your favorite, your least favorite, the biggest, the smallest. It does not matter. The money in the bank briefcase will always be a factor for any champion. I don't care who it is. I don't care where it is. It doesn't matter. The Money in the Bank briefcase is that powerful. Let's move on to number four. Um, Number four is a guy who may very well have been number one or number two had it not been for some real life circumstances. Um, It's these vacant bug we're talking about. That's what I'm saying. Vacant can strike at any moment. This guy is just lucky he wasn't holding a title because vacant would have won it immediately. We're talking about uh, Mr. Torn Peck himself. I know we're talking to Kevin who didn't believe that it was a properly fully torn Peck. I remember all all of that drama on tiktok cody rhodes he is bro i said i think he's injured i just didn't <laughs> think it was that injured and i got destroyed oh well, you thought yeah, i was gonna uh, you, you thought i wasn't gonna bring up that that little fiasco that happened uh, a few months ago but yes we're talking about cody rhodes here um who if it wasn't for that injury this was the trajectory that he was going i think it's safe to say that i think the trajectory was main event against Roman Reigns. I think that is the trajectory where they were going. Yeah, it definitely felt like it. And, you know, you have somebody who, and I think this works under Vince or, or Triple H. It really didn't matter. Um, Cody, first off, uh, this is just my opinion. I think Cody Rhodes is one of the absolute best on the microphone ever. He tells a story in and out of the ring. And, he has the he does an amazing job of just making you love him. When he was with AEW, the, everybody loved him and they kind of turned on him. He came over to WWE and immediately got everybody to love him again. The trajectory, the matches he's had, the match quality he has had. Well, Kevin, he's only faced like two people since he came back. I understand that. But you can't tell me that that hell in a cell with Seth Rollins wasn't one of the most Beautiful, elegant, and properly told stories in WWE in recent memory. Absolutely loved it. I feel the same way you do. Cody Rhodes was on a one-way trajectory. I'm not saying he was going to get there overnight. I'm not saying he's going to get there next month, but he was going to get there. And he, I, I believe he still will. I think he's a top contender uh, to dethrone Roman. I think if you're going down the list of people who are with WWE right now, maybe you don't think about him right now because of the injury, but a healthy Cody Rhodes has to be in that conversation. 
Yeah, you know, like in terms of match quality, you know, I'm, I don't live and die by the five star ratings of the of the Wrestling Observer. But we have no. to mention, with the exception of uh, of Gunther she uh, Sheamus, that Hell in a Cell match was the only five star match that WWE has had on the main roster since CM Punk versus Cena. And you know, just like the CM Punk versus Cena and Seth Rollins versus um uh, versus um, um versus Cody Rhodes, it wasn't just about the in ring quality; it's about the story that is told in the ring and. Cody Rhodes tells a story like no other. Kevin, I will tell you right now that I've eaten my words with Cody Rhodes. I was the one sitting here on this podcast right before WrestleMania saying, I don't give a fuck about Cody Rhodes. I am not sold on this. This guy is mid-card fodder. He's going to come into the WWE and no one is going to give two fucks. And then, like you said, that the storytelling, his promos, the in-ring storytelling with like physical storytelling mm -hmm. that he tells which was crescendoed with the greatest i would argue physical storytelling that i've seen in a long time in that hell in a cell match cody rhodes won me over absolutely 100 won me over as somebody who was not on board with cody we, rhodes we've both had to eat our words when it comes to cody rhodes you were you were like me no i'm talking when i opened my mouth about the injury Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, but uh, just real quick while we're on this, I know we got to move on to the next one, but I've never been able to ask you this question. When Seth Rollins came out and you seen him wearing the yellow polka dotted pants, what did you, because for me, it came down to two things. The, the match was amazing, but the yellow polka dotted pants. And when Cody pulled out the bull rope with the cowbell and in a cracking, crying voice, put it on, put it on. Oh my God, dude. What were your thoughts when you saw the polka dot attire on Seth? Well, I mean, when I saw the dude, I was laughing maniacally like the Seth Rollins laugh. Like, oh, I love this. This is this is fucking gold. Right. Like we, we've seen Seth do this before, like when he came out with the uh, in the shield gear, like this is top tier. This is WWE storytelling at its finest and this is you know um in wwe especially you know during that time the vince mcmahon time they did not acknowledge the past it's just something no. that wwe didn't do so when we got it even though it was you know an easter egg for those that knew what it was those that knew what it was knew this is such a big giant insult in you know in the world of cave in the you know within the story line confines this is the biggest disrespect i've ever seen a wwe superstar lay down as part of their entrance and i love it 10 out of 10 Bro, i ran around my house in excitement as soon yeah. as he took the, i kind of saw a little snippet of it when the when the jacket was flapping open and then when it actually revealed itself I jumped out of this chair. I ran inside. I did laps around my house. I haven't done laps since I got out of the army, but I was doing laps around my house. I was so excited. It was beautiful storytelling. And like Cody and Seth complement each other so well. Sent. All right, let's move on to number three, who has um, the combination of the proper booking at the moment in terms of where he is on the card and the believability factor. I think he's really the first one that we've talked about that's had both. And we're talking about Karrion Cross, the guy who just returned from, you know, from being part of Control Your Narrative, was the it thing in NXT before he got completely turned into, into the gimp um, from, um, uh, from uh, oh my gosh, I can't even remember the movie where the gimp is from. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll... You know what he reminded me of in his gear? 
Who? Have you ever seen the movie Dodgeball? Oh my god, that's so much. That's a much better example. That's the gimp that I was talking about. Yes, a hundred percent. When they became the daddies, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That is a better example. And I was thinking of, um, oh my god, this is killing me. Reservoir Dogs, the same person that made Django Unchained. Jesus Christ, uh, the comments section. If you're still listening this deep, you will tell me the movie I'm talking about, where the gimp is from. Either way, Carrie and Cross was completely ruined by the Vince McMahon era. Um, and we have him back in full force. That same dangerous version of Carrie and Cross that we had in NXT. The same guy that, you know, when it comes to that TikTok right with when you feel like the clock really is ticking when he puts it in front of you and he's put it in front of roman reigns and he's put it in i was trying to look up the gimp really quick uh but there's something so dramatic and there is something so just it draws you in so hard when scarlet flips that hourglass because you know there is somebody who is a believable badass serial killer type person who's just going to go in there and just give you a performance. And Karrion holds a very special place in my heart. He he's a he's a um, a Simbody kid. I love Simbody, aka Kazani from SmackDown. Um, love Simbody. Always been super cool to me. Love him to death. Anybody who has anything to do with him, I automatically love him. And and Karrion is just. When you see the thing, the path of destruction Karrion has laid, where when Keith Lee was at his peak in NXT, when Keith Lee could do no wrong, when Keith Lee just unified the championships, and in his first title defense ever, Karrion comes in and makes it look like child's play. And she comes down and she flips that hourglass. I'm not even in the match. I'm not even in the same arena or state or whatever. And my heart skips a beat. Yeah, yeah, I think he, uh, by the way, the movie's Pulp Fiction. If you want to, while I talk here, if you want to Google Gimp from Pulp Fiction, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's Karrion Cross. Um, But yeah, that that believability factor is there. The booking is there. Um, It's a match that we haven't seen before, so people want to see. It's inevitable. These guys are going to clash at some point or another, whether it's for both titles or for a singular title. It's inevitable. These guys are speeding trucks coming towards each other and i think wwe is doing the right thing by keeping them just the right amount of distance away um so that they can continue to to build to this um you know potential headliner for major events like a royal rumble um or or anything really any premium live event i would kill to see roman reigns versus carrion cross number two seth rollins i'm not even gonna do a build-up for this the guy that out of this list probably deserves the the title to be able to say vanquished Roman Reigns the the Beast Slayer he has he has the precedent of the, of dethroning the undethronable in Triple H and in uh, in in Brock Lesnar and he is correct me if I'm wrong is he the only one that has a victory technically over Roman Reigns within the last year and a half even though it was a disqualification victory I can't think of another one I, I really can't. Yeah, it's it's Seth Rollins. There, the, the the history will always be there. All right, so there will always be a reason for them to be able to have a match, just like how 
you could always just, you know, throughout the 2002 to 2005, you could always just make a Triple H versus Shawn Michaels because it made sense. It didn't matter what year or what pay-per-view you wanted to have them. Shawn Michaels versus Triple H just made sense because the history was there. The history is there with these two. So if you wanted to book it next week, everybody is going to be on board. Everyone is going to be on board because it just makes sense. The history is there. But not only is the history there, Seth Rollins is on the run of his freaking life. I think Mm -hmm. this is the best Seth Rollins we have had since his debut. I don't think we've ever had a better version of Seth Rollins. And this version of Seth Rollins is the version that I want to see with a championship the most, this arrogant, annoying, but mm-hmm. yet, but yet carries himself in the <laughs> ring as a top 1% performer in the world. So he backs up that talk. Let's see it, baby. Let's see it. I might be jumping the gun on this just a little bit, uh, using this reference with Seth Rollins and not our number one. Um, but there's this thing called an exchange interaction. Sanchez, are you familiar with what that is? Tell me. It's when two atoms collide at each other, and it it produces an energy wave that is felt throughout time and space. When two atoms smack each other, um, if anybody's a fl- uh, a fan of the Flash particle accelerator, when they run opposite ways, that's an exchange interaction when they hit each other. That is how I feel about Seth and Roman. Every time these two hit each other, they are Roman's running this way as fast as he can. Seth is running this way as fast as he can. It's not a matter of if these two are going to smack. It's when. And when it happens, it is magic. Always. You you hinted at it earlier. Um, when he came out in the shield gear with the shield entrance and the shield song, there is not a single person on the roster right now, with the exception of the bloodline, maybe, because I'm talking professionally, not personally. There is not a single person on the roster who knows Roman better than Seth. And there is not a single person on the roster, in my opinion, active wrestler that, that automatically takes Paul Heyman out of it. But active wrestler who can tell a better story than Seth. We've seen it over and over and over. When you give this man the freedom, he's going to give you magic. And these two, it's like I said, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. I think Seth deserves it. I am right there with you. I think this is the best version of Seth Rollins we have had in a long time, if ever. And this is one of those matches. I don't care where it is. I don't care who else is on the card. I don't care if this is a Saudi event where I have to wake up at 3 in the morning to watch it. I'm going to be there for every second of it, and it's going to be beautiful. I don't think we can add anything anything else to that. I, I think everyone is on board. Um, you know, if it wasn't for our number one, because it seems like everything is pointing like this is the direction that they're going, it's most likely Seth Rollins. But what's interesting is that this number one might be in line to simply face Roman Reigns, maybe when he doesn't even have the titles anymore. So it's mm-hmm. possible that one of these nine that we've already talked about is the one that takes the titles off of Roman Reigns, whether it's through a technicality or not, to open up the match with this individual for not the titles. That being said, because we know that this is inevitable, WrestleMania being in Los Angeles, the biggest stage of them all, um, the story there with the bloodline is there. Um, the Rock. 
The Rock um, has to easily be the biggest threat aside from vacant to dethrone Roman Reigns. Um, everything is is there. The stars have been aligned. Is it something that we want to see? The match I definitely want to see. But do I necessarily, me personally, is this the guy that I want to take the titles off of Roman? Actually, no. It's not what I want to see. But in terms of likelihood, it's number one. I think it's number one. No, I completely agree with you. And I, I want this match. I want to see this match. Uh, but I don't want Rocky to have another title run. Um, doesn't need I, it. I think, doesn't need it. No, doesn't need it at all. And I think when these titles come off Roman, they need to be a physical presence on both shows. And Rocky can't really commit to that because he is very successful in his other ventures. It's not a shot at him. Um, it, it just it, it it is what it is. Um, but you know, we have this tribal chief. We have this head of the table. He's been acknowledged by Alpha. He's been acknowledged by Sika. He's building the family around him. And what's that one thing we as wrestling fans always do when we see a modern-day megastar? We're like, well, he's good, but he's no this guy. LeBron James is good, but he's no Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Josh Allen's doing great, but Tom Brady in his prime, man. And we're doing the same thing right now. Roman Reigns is awesome. But he's not the rock. But we are still in a moment in time where we can get that match. And it's almost like Roman has pulled in all the members of the family, right? And he's the head of the table. And then Rock comes in to show, like, he ain't the head of the table and he doesn't control you. I'm going to beat his ass. And in turn, I'm going to set all of you guys free to go back and do what you want to do. I think it's something that has to happen. I agree. I think it is, you know, you talked about those particle accelerators. I think it's a better example on the, uh, with, um, Seth Rollins, but I think this is an inevitable clash that we're going to see. Um, mm -hmm. again, I want to reiterate that I'd rather see this not for the titles in any not way, shape or form. For sure. not yeah. title. Um, I think that both of those guys, their presence is a title like Roman, the rock and Cena didn't need titles to headline WrestleMania. And I think you and I can both agree that that WrestleMania 28 uh, main event, regardless of whether we had, um, you know, punk and, um, and Chris Jericho. And I can't remember what the one for, for the world heavyweight championship was. Uh, Oh, Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. Even with those two world championships available um, to potentially main event WrestleMania, I think they made the right call in terms of the biggest main event uh, match available to them being the rock versus cena titles weren't needed defeating cena at wrestlemania is enough of an accomplishment to be a championship defeating the rock at wrestlemania is enough of a, an accomplishment to be greater than a championship and we're getting that back maybe even with bigger sticks because defeating roman seems to be the biggest most difficult thing that a wwe superstar can do and obviously defeating the rock is is defeating the rock we don't need titles here no. Each one of them defeating one another is is the championship as far as can, I'm concerned. Can I float something else by you that I'd really enjoy? Hit me. Um, I think this has the potential to be a great cinematic match. Hmm. Have you seen the movie Hobbs and Shaw? I have, yes. Okay, so when they go back to The Rock's hometown yep. and they're all working on the cars and stuff, picture this, okay? You have this this feud going on between Rock and Roman, right? And then it call it something a Samoa Dynasty match or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter. But you have 
you know, on, on the island, the island of re relevancy, and call it whatever you want, but you have the whole family there. You got Jay, you got Jimmy, you got Offie, you got Sika, you got all these legends of the family, and they're all there surrounding it, and you got Roman walking in, and then you, he, he's got, he's got like his, his little shawl, hula skirt looking thing on, not the straw one, but the actual fabric. You got Rome, uh, Rock coming in, and just like they did in the movie, where they just throw down, have something like that, where they grab these old Samoan weapons and try to kill each other and just an all-out fight. I'm not saying that I would prefer that, but I think it'd be very entertaining. I think if it's going to be, you know, to kind of end the... End, to 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 kind of put this behind him, it would have to be a straight-up match. But I would really love some kind of cinematic match with all the Samoan dynasty in it, and I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that might work better when it's not their first bout, right? I think everybody's going to want them in front of a Absolutely. crowd. Um, you know, if it's, you know, this is our third, this is this is the third match between these two. And now it's it's really for, for, for keepsies. The Rock wins the first match because, you know, The Rock gets to book himself to do whatever he wants. Would we be shocked if The Rock books himself to win a wrestling? He did it to Cena. So why wouldn't he do this to Roman Reigns? Anyways, let's say Rock wins number one, Reigns wins number two. Then we get that You're cinematic. That gimmick territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that number, th that match three that we never got between Cena and Rock and can enter that gimmick territory. And yeah, I could see it working there. But I think the first match needs to be a traditional, um, you know, it, which will most likely be a spot fest because we can't really see The Rock really working a, a technical match. I, I mean, I don't see it. I think it's it'll probably be more akin to that WrestleMania 29 main event where it's just like 17 rock bottoms and probably like 40,000 spears. Why did I just picture The Rock doing a Spanish fly to Roman Reigns? <laughs> hey, hey, here's the thing, man. Like The Rock, um, you know, if 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 they let him, he'll go. But it's the, yeah. like if they if they let him wrestle, that's probably when he's most likely to get injured. Taking spears, rock bottoms, and Superman punches, that's where you reduce the likelihood of him getting injured. And, you know, like you said, the uh, WrestleMania paycheck will be pennies for him compared to what he's earning in, in, in with all of his Hollywood blockbusters. So, guys, as I guarantee you, I, I'm look, this is this this might be an unpopular opinion. Out of all of the nine that we listed here before, with the exception of vacant. I think that the match with The Rock, like, in like, yes, in terms of grandioseness, in terms of stakes and people caring, yeah, it'll be the highest. Like, it, like it'll be peak. But in terms of technical work, I think it's the worst match on on the in the books. I agree. I think it's the biggest blockbuster. I think it's the biggest put ass in seats, the biggest needle mover match. Um, but it'll it'll probably be the if you're looking at it sheerly from wrestling ability and and wrestling match. It'll probably be the least one out of everything on this match. Santi, I'm not going to lie to you. That Sami Zayn match has got me hooked, man. That's, dude, that's what I want. I'm not going to lie. That's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want. That is what I want. Like if I had to rank what I want, number one, I would say Sami Zayn. And number two, I actually have Gunther. <laughs> like you, you, you you're giving me Batista vibes. Give me what I want. Yeah. Give, me, <laughs> give it to me. Oh, folks. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of uh, Straight Shooter Wrestling Podcast. Kevin, it's been an absolute delight and pleasure to have you over these last three weeks. Uh, one final time, where can the people find you, sir? You know, we actually got something really special this time. So you can still find me on all the platforms I've said. I am Heal Kevin everywhere except Twitch. On Twitch, it's just Heal Kevin. 
but something very special this time. Um, I actually, I, I want to thank everybody who's come over and said that you came from the Straight Shoot Podcast. I love being here. I love seeing you guys come over. I love when we could share communities. But on my Twitch channel, this is why you want to follow my Twitch channel especially, twitch.tv slash Kevin. We have our very next championship title giveaway. We are giving away the Lucha Underground World Championship. This is autographed by Marty the Moth and John Morrison. And all you have to do to be eligible to win, you must follow my Twitch channel and you must follow my YouTube. Heal Kevin on Twitch, Heal Kevin one on YouTube. We are giving this away very, very shortly. Thank you all so much for coming uh, over and supporting my channels. And there's just a small way that I want to say thank you to you guys. Twitch.tv slash Heal Kevin and Heal Kevin one on YouTube. Thank you guys. There it is, folks. Uh, all of those links will be down in the description of this YouTube video if you're watching the YouTube version. And of course, those links will also be available wherever it is that there is a description within the audio versions. And I can assure you by time you watch this, the giveaway will not have happened yet. It's not happening for like another week. Uh, so when you guys see this normally on Friday or Saturday, there's still going to be about six more days before we do it. So you got plenty of time. There you go. There you go, guys. Go, uh, head over there in droves. Heal Kevin everywhere. Heal Kevin one. Heal Kevin over on Twitch. Uh, again, links in the description below. If you watch this video on YouTube, please make sure to leave it a like and consider subscribing over to your to uh, our podcast. Uh, and if you are listening to audio service uh, on audio services, please consider leaving us a rating, whether it's five stars, a like, whatever it is on the audio service of your choice. Um, Kevin, thank you very much for uh for joining us for this episode. I think that was fantastic. There's our 10 picks most likely to defeat Roman Reigns. Thank you very much for listening and take care y'all. Goodbye. Thanks guys.